Hey everyone, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. I'm Nicole Davison, your host, and today's episode, I I think I'm always excited about my episodes, but this episode is one that I honestly have been wanting to do for months. I have been asking our guests literally for months to, to have her come on. This is actually a friend of mine, a fellow mom in our community, and someone that, quite frankly, I have admired since the day that I have met her. I'm, I'm already feeling her laughter, but Erin Muddy is someone that I just could not wait to bring on to this episode. She is the owner of Knob Hill Jane which is a Cheshire, Connecticut-based calligraphy studio that specializes in modern calligraphy, engraving, and hand-lettered custom signage. But that's not where it all started. And that's what I love about our guest today. I wanted to tell you a little bit about Erin before she kind of introduces herself. After she graduated from Penn State University at the beginning of her adult career, she graduated with a bachelor's degree in business logistics And she started her career working as a commercial financial analyst for IBM for two years before she decided to attend law school. And then upon graduating from Quinnipiac University School of Law, Erin spent the next 15 years practicing commercial and intellectual property law at a firm in Hartford, Connecticut. In 2017, Erin actually discovered something that she loved, and I actually wanted to give her the opportunity to talk about that. I'm not even going to, well, obviously I already talked about that, but I wanted her to tell you the rest. So on behalf of all of our listeners and Unpacking Perspectives, Erin, I welcome you to our show. Well, thank you, Nicole, so much for having me. You are way too kind and gracious in your intro. Um, this has been such a fun process um, working on this with you, and uh, I'm excited about it. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I know that you know I've been asking you for months and months and months, and I know that you are finally coming out of your busy season, which is why we are so lucky to have you. And and I guess just from the buildup of telling our listeners about your career as far as your academics and the foundation of your career, I was hoping for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Can you kind of share your story? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like you said, I went to Penn State. As with most freshmen, I had freshman, sophomore. I had no idea what I wanted to do, no idea what I should major in. My dad was like, well, get a business degree because business is just something that can always be useful and helpful. And you're always going to be able to, to find something to do with that. So I majored in business logistics. After I graduated, I was able to get a job doing financial analysis for IBM, which is totally ironic because I hate numbers. I don't like math, <laughs> but that's what I was doing. It was a good job with a obviously really reputable, great global company. So of course, I dove right in and did that for two years. At the end of after about two years, I was kind of like, where is this going? You know, the next step was really kind of to go get my MBA. And that wasn't something I was interested in doing at all. Um, so again, talking with my dad, I was like, what, what am I doing? What should I do? And he was like, well, you know, what about, what about law school? What about that's a, a good option for you? You're organized, you're detail oriented. Um, there's so many different things you can do with a law degree. He knew that I wanted to, you know, one day get married, hopefully, and have kids. And you can do that part time in the legal profession. So it seemed like, you know, a, a good thing to do. It was never like I, I always wanted to be a lawyer. That was my passion from a young age. Um, I went to law school at Quinnipiac. After I graduated law school, I was fortunate to find a job with a firm up in Hartford and was there for 15 years practicing commercial law, intellectual property law. 
and it was fine. It was, I liked being a professional and it was a good job, a successful career. I worked full-time at the beginning. And then once I got married and had kids, I was able to work part-time, which was perfect. I was working two to three days a week and things were fine. It was, it was fine. Was never like totally in love with my job, but I was happy, you know, happy-ish, I guess, doing it, I guess you could say. Erin, it's so funny as I'm listening to you, and obviously we're going to continue to talk about your career trajectory, but one of the words that keeps jumping out at me is, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is what I love about all of this. And I I do have a couple of questions before we continue on with this. First of all, your dad, okay? Uh, I can relate to so much of this because the same thing with my dad. You know, my dad, he worked on Wall Street. He, I I admired him so much. And I've talked about this in earlier episodes. I I think I just wanted to make him proud when I was younger. Absolutely, 100%, yes. Yep. (laughs) And and similarly, I majored in business and finance Mm -hmm. and went off into the corporate world. And- Again, I was fine, which is fine. And so that that word just totally. keeps resonating. Yeah. And it's interesting when, you know, just having the conversation with your dad when you were young, right? And you're like, well, I don't know what to do. And he's like, oh, just get a business degree. This resonates so much as a career counselor for me when I work with college students, because so many students out there, they just think, oh, I'll just get a business degree. Well, they're not putting enough thought into what that business degree actually entails. And not to say that they shouldn't, but learning about yourself, knowing about yourself. You know, I I truly feel that you were meant to go down the journey that you did, go down the path that mm-hmm. you did because you wouldn't be where you are today if not for that. And we'll, we'll have, I, you mentioned that, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, completely. I mean, that job at IBM taught me how to work in a professional office environment and just be around other professionals and how to like conduct yourself in a professional environment, send emails, you know, answer phone calls, leave voicemails, all that stuff that seems kind of really basic and simple that you really kind of take for granted sometimes really helped me. It helped me when I started at the law firm. And then it certainly has helped me tremendously with, with Nob Hill Jane. Um, so yeah, there's every, every part of the journey helps get you to where you, where you're going, you know? So exactly. And I, and I love that. And I think it's so important because our foundational influences have a lot to to do with the direction that we go. But I say this all the time, where you start at 18 years old is not your final destination, at least not always. No way. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. So I wanted to cut that off for a moment and then obviously take us into the next stages from then on. But I would like you to touch too on, because when I met you, you had your foot still in the, you know, in, in the world of law. So, you know, so, so keep, I'm sorry, I totally got you off, but I love this. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I was practicing part-time and my sister-in-law introduced me to someone named Kathleen, who is now uh, a tremendous friend of mine. Um, She had just moved to town and she was like, oh, she's, you know, she's interested in teaching a calligraphy class. Would you be interested in in taking it with me? It was an hour and a half, you know, lesson. And I said, absolutely, sure. Um, You know, I always kind of considered myself a creative, crafty person, but by no means ever thought that, you know, I was really artistic or anything like that. So I took this hour and a half lesson and became immediately obsessed with all things calligraphy and lettering. I just loved it. And after the lesson, Kathleen was like, you know, if you want to learn more about it, like go into Instagram and just 
research and, you know, there's a ton of content on there for calligraphy and lettering and, you know, have at it. And so that's what I did. <laughs> I took, you know, just a, a deep dive into calligraphy and lettering on Instagram and really just taught myself and learned. And from there, you know, I, I realized early on with my calligraphy that uh, it was something that I loved to do. I thought it was just such a beautiful, creative expression um, and that I was, I had potential to be really good at it. And that was such a great feeling to be like, wow, I am like, I can be really good at this. And it was so surprising to me because my handwriting is atrocious. It's absolutely terrible. And I always say calligraphy and handwriting are like apples and oranges. Um, and my, my friends and family that know me and that have seen my handwriting are just still shocked to this day that I can calligraphy because they see my handwriting and it's like, this is a disconnect. <laughs> um, Aaron, one thing I just want to mention, which I think is really funny. You mentioned before that, you know, you didn't consider yourself this very creative person. And, <laughs> and it's so funny. I didn't mention before how we met, obviously our boys are in the same grade. They're in the same yep. school together. And I vo- started volunteering Remember this? This was years yes, ago. Totally, I started yeah. volunteering in the uh, the beautification to do the front <laughs> showcase at our elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had it all together. <laughs> and then Erin Muddy comes in a year later because it was so funny. I, I was getting all this stuff from the dollar store and thinking I was doing a great job about Christmas and, you know, and just, you know, President's Day and everything else. And you came in and I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, she is amazing at the showcase at Chapman <laughs> Elementary School. And, and it was, I was so embarrassed afterwards. So, you know, oh, you do, tough, yeah. you have that creativity and you just, everything that you touch just turns into beautiful things. So I just oh, wanted to mention so that because it's, it's just funny because I am not creative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that, that's what I love about the fact that I discovered calligraphy. I was, you know, 40 something years old and it's just, you never know what you're going to be good at until you just try. And, you know, have an open mind and give something a try and you will never, you'd never know it. I mean, if you had asked me when I was like a little kid or, you know, even in high school or college and said, you're going to be running your own calligraphy business, I would, you would have knocked me over with a feather. Like there, it's just not something that was completely off my radar, never even something I would have considered. So, um, exactly. You have to take, you just have to try. (laughs) Yeah. And, and one of the things I wanted to mention, because I feel like I was, an observer in this world because I met you and Kathleen obviously around the same time. And I remember when she started introducing you to this and Mm -hmm. it's amazing because when we met, you were practicing law Mm part-time and to see this transition, to see this, this change was as a career coach, as a friend, as a mom, it was absolutely inspiring. And, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you come on to talk about how this happened. And, you know, little did you realize having a conversation with a friend, taking this class. So, so tell us now where, you know, what, what's been happening. Yep. So I, um, you know, I was, you know, just doing a lot of calligraphy on my own and I, and I wanted to get my artwork out there. So I, you know, I started an Instagram account just to be able to post my calligraphy and lettering and to get feedback from other people. And to just, like I said, learn more and research more. Cause there's so much, there's so much info out there and that account just continued to grow. And I, you know, was making connections with other, you know, vendors in the wedding industry and other calligraphers and, you know, started doing, small jobs and, you know, making a little money off of it. But 
and just continuing to see it grow and grow. And, you know, was really kind of doing it on the side for a good year and a half. And I absolutely loved it because it was all mine. It was something that I was really good at and I knew I was good at. And I just loved it. It was, I, it just made me so happy. And that really made me realize that with my legal career, I never really had felt like I was a very, like good lawyer. Like I knew I was good at my job because I'm a smart person and I can, you know, I'm organized and I could, I could do the job, but I never really felt like I was excelling at it. And like you said, I was, it was fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And once I had this other thing that I had found and I was thriving at it, I was good at it. I was passionate about it. It just kind of opened my eyes to like, Oh, you know, this, I want to be doing this. But obviously, I have a family and kids and <laughs> have to take all that in, into consideration. So, you know, I was practicing law part time. I was running Knob Hill Jane on the side for about a year and a half, two years, I guess. Um, and it just got to the point um, in November of 2018 where I just felt so hamstrung with, I, I couldn't really grow Knob Hill Jane any more than I could at the time because I was practicing law part-time. I was raising, you know, the kids with my husband and it was like, I, I want to be able to do more, but I don't have the time to do it. And mm-hmm. so it was just at that point, it kind of really just organically came to be like, we just, it was just the right time to like give up practicing law and just go all in with Knob Hill Jane and take that leap of faith, you know? Um, and thankfully I have a really supportive husband who was like, absolutely. You need to to do what's gonna make make you happy. One of the real things was like my kids were getting older and I didn't want them, I kind of started being like eh with my legal career. And I didn't want them to see me doing something like just so-so because when I do something and I put my name on it, I really I want it to be a hundred percent. And I didn't feel like I was really giving a hundred percent to my legal career. And I didn't want my kids to see me just being sort of hum, you know, hum, hum, ho about, about anything like that. So um, that was really kind of a, a driving force as well, you know? So, um, and so then Knob Hill Jane was born and it's now a, a full service calligraphy engraving and signage studio. You know, I work with clients and wedding vendors throughout New England and beyond. And it's, it's amazing. It <laughs> I, is. Uh, still, I, I can't believe that it's, that it's what I'm doing. It kind of still shocks me. You know, I consider myself to be a fairly risk averse person. <laughs> um, you know, I'm the youngest of four and I'm, you know, always kind of the rule follower and don't do anything wrong or anything like that. And, but when I look at it from the outside, I was like, wait, you left like a legal career after 15 years and started your own calligraphy business. Like, that's insane. Who does that? And it's like, wait, I did that. <laughs> yeah. You said something the last time we spoke that really resonated, and I think it's really important for our listeners to to hear this, because obviously our audience is pretty diverse. We have college students listening. We have moms listening. We have law enforcement officers looking to transition their career. You know, it runs the gamut. There are people of all backgrounds and interests that listen. But something you said that really hit me, obviously you have no regrets. And, you know, where you are today each piece of your career has played a role in you getting to where you are today. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned, um, that first job with IBM taught me how to be in a professional atmosphere and to be around other professionals and to how to just conduct yourself. And then going to law school, just the legal component of that with developing Knob Hill Jane, just contract 
contracts, drafting contracts, um, and again, how to communicate with with clients professionally. You know, when wedding clients work with me, they're getting someone who's professional, organized, and detail oriented, which are three things you most definitely want in someone who's on your wedding vendor team. And those are three skill sets that certainly are just a part of me, but that. I never would have been able to develop those so much if I hadn't worked for IBM, if I hadn't gone to law school and worked for 15 years in a law firm. So every, absolutely every part of the journey helps you on the next step. And, you know, like I said, I never had this like drive when I was a little kid saying, I definitely want to be this, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't let that hold you up to just doing something and taking, taking that job. Like I said, I mean, I, you know, I got a job out of, out of college working for IBM in finance. Did I love finance? No, but it was a job and I needed a job. <laughs> but it, I think the important thing is to not get sucked into doing that for a long time, get what you can out of it, and then try to figure out what the next step can be, like what you can do next to kind of figure, help you figure out what you want to do, you know? Absolutely. I think that so many young professionals get caught up in the need for perfection, the need for perfect, the need for, I have to have this figured out today. And and I've had this conversation with colleagues over the course of the last generation, especially, there's been a change, that instant need for perfect. And you know, and I think maybe our generation, it is a little bit different where there's a, a little more patience and, and I think we can all learn right. from one another. Right. And, you know, obviously we are learning from the younger generations, especially with branding and marketing and all of that, which is a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, this, this really says a lot because I've had some guests that knew what they were going to do. They're doing it. They're in it. They're happy. And then there are others that they, you know, your journey kind of brings you where you're meant to be. And mm-hmm. without one or the other, you wouldn't be where you are today. I love it. Um, yeah. I, I, so I asked you this before, is there, and, and I know the answer, but I want you to, I want you to unpack this a little bit. Is there any experience that you can remember that hit you realizing, wow, I'm meant to do this? You know, no, <laughs> because I think yeah, I have, I never had like an aha moment, like, ah, I need to do calligraphy or this is what I meant to do. Because I think, at least for me, I think that puts so much pressure on yourself to find the perfect thing. And that just wasn't for me. I definitely, now that I'm in Knob Hill Jane, I have had kind of that constant reassurance of I'm doing the right thing. It's small little reassurances every day because I get to set my own schedule and make my own decisions. It's it's all me, you know? Um, And so, but it wasn't this big light bulb moment um, by any means. Um, And I think, gosh, as an adult, that would be so much pressure to put on yourself. But as an 18 year old, you know, applying to colleges or being in college and trying to figure out what you want to do, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Um, And yeah, I I don't want that pressure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that your journey is so beautiful to me as a career counselor, because anyone can look at your career trajectory from before Knob Hill Jane and say, wow, you know, look at the success she's had. She was a financial analyst for IBM. She went to law school. She was a practicing attorney. You know, that that picture alone is a picture of success. Mm-hmm. And then to take that risk to, to step up. But 
your journey is different than anyone else's, right? Your family dynamics are different. Your motivations are different. Your risk-taking is different. And for someone that was not a risk taker, it's amazing to, to look back and to see, you know, if somebody were to tell you at 18 years old that you would be doing this now, as you said before, that it is, there's a lot to be said about the path that you take and how each step along the way can often dictate the journey that you end up in. And, and that, that's, it's amazing. So a couple of questions I just wanted to ask just from a general standpoint as from a career for the college students out there that have no idea what they want to do when they graduate. What do you say to them? I would say, and I'm going back to, you know, advice from dear old, dear old dad, yep. <laughs> um, choose a major that is going to give you the greatest like range of opportunities, you know, um, don't pigeonhole yourself into some really detail, obscure major that it, while it may be something that you're, you know, that sounds really cool and interesting, but once you graduate, how many available jobs are there in that for you? You know, um, and everyone is different, right? There are yeah. some out in the workforce that majored in English, and they are the vice president of finance. I mean, oh, yeah. you yeah. never know. And and yeah. again, everyone is different. And to look at, you know, someone said to me, and I say this often, comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter 30, it's everyone is different. And, and that, yeah. I mean, like my, my undergraduate degree was in business logistics and my first job out of school was in finance. So clearly both business related jobs. But even if I had had a finance degree and worked in finance, you really have no idea if you're going to like something, even if it's your major, until you actually are practicing and doing it in the real world. It's like the same thing with legal career. I mean, you can take all the classes you want about criminal law or intellectual property or commercial law, but until you're actually out in the real world practicing criminal law or practicing intellectual property, you really have no idea if you're going to like it or not. So mm-hmm. um, you really just have to get out there and, and try it. Um, yeah. I think that's really like... One of the biggest takeaways for me is you just try, just put yourself out there and try something, try something new, just try. And you just never know what's going to be around the corner. You really mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love when we had first talked about your decision to go to law school, I guess there's a, there's a little side question. I I wasn't even thinking of asking you, but I'm going to ask you, did you have any experience in law before you decided oh, to go to law school? None. Um, and I, I quite, I don't think you need to have any legal experience before you go to law school, because um, like I said, I mean, you really, it, you, you don't really know if you are going to like doing what you're doing until you're in the real world doing it. Um, but no, I had no, and then most of my classmates didn't really have legal experience trying to think if anyone I knew was actually like a pre-law major. I don't even know if they still offer that. I don't don't know. I'm dating myself here, you know, but, but, you know, and that's so interesting because as someone that works with students that I'm going to go to law school one day, did anyone ever ask you why? I don't think so. Yeah. No. I mean, I I was, I was probably very upfront with, you know, I, like I said, I never really had this great urge to, I want to be a lawyer. That was never, that was never something for me. I, I was working at IBM and kind of just felt eh about it and knew kind of the next step based on my, my colleagues that were with me at the time, that the next step was getting your MBA and my older siblings 
got through MBAs. And so I kind of was familiar with what that whole process was like. And it was just not something I was interested in doing at all. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then that, you know, prompted a discussion with my with my dad about law school. It's so. amazing. Well, and, and it's funny because it is such an investment. It is such a huge investment. And, you know, I think the world has changed, especially with COVID, the, mm-hmm. the thought and just the way that education has changed. I think that now there is so much more, and I don't want to say more thought that goes into it, but I mean, obviously the cost of education, it has skyrocketed and there are many that are making these decisions and they have to make that decision whether or not it works for them right now. Right. Totally. One of the things that you have to be careful of too is, you know, when I was thinking about leaving law and going all in with Nonville Jane, it was like, oh my God, I spent 15 years of my life, time, energy, money, huge investment went into it. Like, am I like, quote, giving all that up mm-hmm. to start Nonville Jane? And you really can't have that mindset because everything that I learned and invested and did at both IBM and at the law firm contributes to Nob Hill Jane's success. So you can't look at it as a, oh, well, I just wasted a bunch of time and money. No, 100% not. Yes. <laughs> um, so I love it. And that's what I was hoping to get back to because that is so important. And it's something too, to think about for our listeners out there that had this 20 year investment in their career and Mm -hmm. they are kind of standing at the edge of the cliff, looking down and thinking, what do I do? Should I do this? You know, I think for the career professional, that's the height of their career, but they're not happy. They're They're not satisfied. Yeah. 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 Or, or what's our word, Aaron? Fine. I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. <laughs> what do it's you so see? funny because I never really thought about it that way, but it, it's, it's true. I, it was very, eh, very fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. We're fine. But I remember, and I've, I've shared this story, but it's probably just going to become one of my things with my dad when I was in my twenties and I moved down to my corporate headquarters at, you know, K force. And I had taken this job in a call center. And I just remember saying to my dad, I don't love this. And I remember him saying, honey, you're not supposed to love it. You're just supposed to work. And that never sat with me. And back then, if you would have told me that I would be where I am today as a career coach and as a professor, I would have laughed at you. But again, that those moments of clarity are so important. And so again, do you want to be fine or do you want to be where you are now, which is amazing. So what do you think part of it comes with having, um, as you get experience working and as you just get experience living life, like you get more confidence and you get more mature and you, you have, you have the self-confidence to say, "Mm, this isn't exactly what I, what I want to be doing, you know? Um, and you just have to figure out a way to find something else. And there's so many tools out there to do that. You know, wonderful people like you that can help, help guide you, to, to find, find the right, the right path. You know? Exactly. And, and I, I love that you can look back on your career and have that confidence. You know, I mean, a lot of times I'll say to clients where you were 20 years ago, your priorities, your goals, your yeah. values, it's not the same where you are now. And, yeah. you know, you, from your experiences, you've drawn from them and you're able to create something that gives back to so many people. So, so what do you say to those career professionals that are kind of standing at the edge of the cliff? I would say don't settle for, for fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't settle for eh. <laughs> and if there is anything, I mean, see, it's one of the challenge, one of the, I feel so fortunate that I was able to find something that I loved 
and that I realized that I loved, but also could be good at and be successful at, like, you know, seal the, the phrase, do what you love, love what you do. So, and that's, I, I'm very aware that it's not easy to find something that you love. So um, I would just say, you know, try new things, you know, take a, if there's, you know, take a, a course on something or um, listen to podcasts, you know, you never know where an idea or something might might strike you is like, oh, that, that could be interesting. Let me let me dig into that a little bit further. And that's exactly where you found yourself. Yep. And I and I love it. I think again, for someone that was able to see your career as you had one foot still in the legal world to where you are now and to have seen, I, I remember there was a time that I didn't even realize that you stepped away from your career as a uh-huh. lawyer. And you said, Oh no, I'm, I'm doing not pill Jane full time right now. And I, I was blown away and I was impressed. And, you know, obviously I'm kind of in the Instagram world just as a career coach and with my podcast. And, yep. um, you know, I'm still struggling to grow my following. And when I click on not pill Jane and I see how many, and I know it's, you don't, you don't worry about your followers, but no. for someone that is, you know, trying to grow their, their business, it, it really is amazing how organic it is and how, you know, it's just, you're just doing what you love and it's shining through. And that's so important just for, for anyone that is looking to um, go into more of an entrepreneurial role. Yep. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about Instagram, I mean, there's great, good and bad things about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for me, since my, my work is obviously so visual, Instagram was just such a great vehicle for it. Um, it, it and it's free. <laughs> so it was free marketing. It's a free educational resource. It's, you know, like I said, free marketing, free contact with, you know, my clients, you know, wedding vendors, all that. So I really put a lot of time and effort into it um, because of that, you know, because I didn't have the ability to spend a ton of money on, you know, outside marketing and taking classes and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's just so much free, re- so many free resources out there. So um, that's really kind of why I, I focused focused on it so much. It's amazing. How can our listeners connect with you? Oh, yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's N-O-B Hill Jane. There's no K on that N. On Pinterest as well. It's Knob Hill Jane over there as well. Um, and then my website is www.knobhilljane.com. Excellent. And obviously we'll have all that in the show notes before we, before we wrap up, I I just also wanted to mention to our listeners because the, the Knob Hill Jane, um, I know there's some inspiration behind that. Would you, would you mind sharing with us where that comes from? Of course, of course. Um, So I was trying to come up with a clever name, obviously I live on Knob Hill road and I just liked the sound of that. So I wanted to have that in there, but Knob Hill Aaron just didn't quite flow, flow nicely. So um, my mother is she's truly, truly an amazing person. She's one of the most generous, kind, crafty, (laughs) festive, fun people that you'd ever meet. She decorates for holidays that we don't even, you know, we're not Irish and she decorates for St. Patrick's day. You know, she's, (laughs) she is absolutely wonderful. Um, and her middle name is Jane. Her first name's Marion, but Knob Hill Marion didn't flow quite as well either. So, (laughs) so that's where Knob Hill Jane was born. I I knew that, um, I needed to have her represented in there somehow because she, every, all of my creativity and festiveness comes, you know, comes through her for sure. comes from her rather. So and everyone calls, but it's funny. Everyone calls me Jane when they reach out to me, um, but I don't mind at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love it. And it's so funny. And I, I shared this with you the last time we spoke, it was so funny. We were at a basketball game and, and one of, 
one of, oh, the, gosh. one of the women that I was saying, she's like, is that Nob Hill Jane? And I thought that was so fun. It's like one of those moments you're like, look, see, people know you just from yeah, that. So, yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. That's the challenging part of Instagram is putting your, putting your face out there, you know? Yeah. Well, we are all learning. And Erin, I am just, I'm honored that you came on to talk to us today. I'm thankful. I love your story. I, I hope that our listeners got some inspiration from this and obviously learned a little bit about how you know, often the the place that you start isn't always the place that you're finishing. And, and I just, I love this story and I hope that it resonates with, with our listeners as much as it did with me. And again, on behalf of everyone at Unpacking Perspectives, I thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a, a fun process. Um, you're, you're too kind. You're a, a wonderful career coach, a wonderful friend. So um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. <laughs> Well, thank you, Erin. And everyone, again, we're going to have all of Erin's information on Knob Hill Jane in our show notes. If you want to look her up and follow her on Instagram, follow me too. I'm still trying to grow my following. So, all right, everyone. Well, thank you again for listening. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Remember, if you spend too much time thinking about the final destination, you might actually miss experiencing the journey. I would be so grateful if you would share this episode with anyone that you think might enjoy listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. If you leave a review, even better. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Unpacking Perspectives Podcast or email me at unpackingperspectivespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out my company website, NMD Careers, with any additional questions. Thanks again, everyone. Until then, have a great day.